listening to the Ed Reach Network. And <laughs> I always, hey, I'm not used to doing this. This is kind of Jerry's not here tonight. Boys and girls, okay. Uh, Ed Gamer, episode 149 on Ed Reach. Matt Farber discusses his book, Gamify Your Classroom. This is Ed Gamer for Wednesday, January 14th, 2015. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big, a big voice. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. I'm Lucas. I'm Matt. And Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm a, a social studies teacher. I teach at Valley View Middle School in Denville, New Jersey, which is uh, about 30 miles outside of New York City. Um, I have a master's degree in educational technology from New Jersey City University, where I am currently a doctoral candidate in educational technology leadership. Um, on the board of directors of the New Jersey Council for Social Studies, uh, so I have you know one foot in social studies and one in um, technology, and um, I blog for Edutopia. I just uh, submitted an article for MindShift, um, and uh, my last or latest Edutopia post just came out yesterday. Very cool, Lucas. You're 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 a new person to the show. <laughs> yeah, no, Something it's, it's that, but right? your title's changed a little bit, so tell us, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Lucas Gillespie. Uh, I'm an educator in North Carolina. I'm the director of academic and digital learning for Surrey County Schools. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to <laughs> sing in Oklahoma. Okay, uh, and you moved from southeastern uh, uh, North Carolina to... <laughs> I don't know if I'm pointing the right corners. It is on my screen, but it might be reversed for everybody else. <laughs> yes, from the this southeast. This is north, you know that, right? The northwest. Well, you know. We teach social studies. This whole mirroring <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a science teacher in a former life, so. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, so from one corner of the state to the other, actually. Back in and, my hometown. Well, that's cool. And, and family, yeah. I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. It's that's awesome. nice. That's nice. It's nice oh, yeah. having family nearby. My name is Zach Gilbert. I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And um, Jerry's not here tonight. So Jerry, he's getting his doctorate and he's he's got to take classes or something. I don't know what that's all about. So kind of crazy. But uh, I guess he, he needs to do that. So a couple things here. Uh, huge update to the website. Uh, and I, Lucas, I don't know if you can, if you can help me out with, uh, I don't know if you have that up there, I can share mine. Yep. I got it. Do you want me to screen share? Sure, you're the man. All right. Let's see here. It's on you. Uh, but we have a brand new website. EdReach is kind of going in a uh, a little different direction, and I don't want to share. I don't think I can share a lot of that yet. Um, so there we go. Cool. And uh, there's some really cool pictures on there, including some guy named Lucas Gillespie. That's the one I point out. Out of all those, all the rest of them, they don't mean anything. Even oh. Joel Levin, he seems pretty yeah. cool, but no, no, he, he's super cool. <laughs> he's super cool. So this uh, brand new, you know, brand new site. Um, thanks to uh, Dan Rezac for helping me get this, but it gives me a little bit more autonomy 
with what's on the website and then being able to post and it's just it's pretty cool so that's that's some big news there uh, we also <clears throat> um, let's see oh so the next uh, I guess the next article found one that was on MindShift which is a, a pretty nice website. Ooh, hey, I can see me. It's like... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all right. At game um, reception. Yes. <laughs> so on MindShift, uh, Games Can Advance Education, a conversation with James Paul G. Uh, from, with jo from Jordan Shapiro. And this was just... You know, we were talking about it before the show, and, you know, I've read a lot about Jim G. And, uh, Matt, you've... <laughs> you've you've talked a lot with Jim G, uh, and I don't know if Lucas, if you've 30, met, thirty yeah, been in the same room with Jim G. Yeah, so it's uh, you know a lot of it's overlapped, but there's some there's some different things in here, and I think it's it's a nice article that you need to to read. I I, I love the quoting though. We cannot change our society in one fell swoop. Sneak in, move quietly, attack unseen, put away the suit, be a snake. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's totally. That's totally. Like a ninja. I love Jim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So love, love Jim G. So that that'll be. It. I'll have that in the show notes. Uh, something that I want to. Uh, um, couple things. We'll do. We'll do this. Well, look up Hoovy. This is my the my medicine's wearing off, Lucas. Oh, okay. Well then. Hoovy. H o o v e y. So we had we've been talking about grit, um, you know, just mm -hmm. the competency. Yes, and just kind of perseverance and pushing through, and 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 putting this, you know, and <clears throat> successful people. You don't have to be the smartest person, but if you have grit and determination, you can do anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this this is a book, and the reason why I bring this up because I know Lucas, I know your background, your faith. And 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 it's just this is an amazing movie about a kid who was diagnosed with um, with a brain he had a brain tumor they didn't know it he should have been dead um, it's uh, rebounding from death stores the name of the of the book been reading it as a read aloud in class and it's local here in central Illinois uh, he actually went to a school that's neighboring my district and he. Um, it talks about his struggles and how he persevered through his life to um, to get past this tumor. It was taken out, and then uh, playing basketball, being in sports, and just just learning how to rewalk and and uh, and speak and and all these different things. And one of my all-time favorite actors, Patrick Warburton, plays the dad. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just a super super cool movie. But what's neat is to see. All the all the things it talks about Normal Illinois, which his father is uh, a retired firefighter from Normal, and so you know it's it's one of those things. It's it's one I think it's won uh, an award already, and it looks like it's going to hopefully spread throughout the country. Uh, you know the movie is. So I just want to share that. I want to I'm going to make sure I add that link into the show notes. But if you're looking for a good feel, you know it's the same director that did Soul Surfer. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So this is uh, this is one that I, I think it's going to be a good family good family movie that if you're if you're looking for that. But what the cool thing was today is that the whole family came and spoke uh, to our school. 
And uh, so we got to hear the story, and it was really. And then I found out later that uh, <clears throat> the father actually did. Su uh, he subbed for me uh, many years ago. <laughs> he was my he was my substitute teacher that came in and and took over for me when I was when I was gone. So I thought that was kind of neat. That's cool. uh, yeah. Okay. I need your advice, Matt and Lucas. Sure. I want to uh, uh, a friend of the show. Jerry won't like me saying this. Uh, a foe, F-O-E, friend of Ed Gamer, uh, Fred. Uh, Delventhal has donated uh, over it's at least 25 one-month subscriptions to Xbox Live. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, I'm sitting here going, okay, uh, I guess the next couple of years I don't have to pay for uh, Xbox Live. No, 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 I wouldn't do that. wouldn't do that because, you know, he gave it to me. With the understanding that, and I want to do this anyway, uh, I want to I want to have it used for educational purposes because I know there's cool schools out there, Lucas, that actually have Xboxes in their classrooms, uh, and that could use something like this. Or maybe you have a uh, if you're a teacher out there, maybe you have a student that uh, you know might not have might have an Xbox, might not have the funds to have Xbox Live, and you you know you might be able to. Um, give it to the family and, and give it to them that way. So, I guess what I'm asking is, I would I don't know if they were emailing or, or tweeting out uh, how you would use these subscriptions to help out your class or help out your students. And then I think what I want to do, I guess I already figured this out because I was gonna, hey, what do you guys think? Um, have my students decide my classroom decide, you know, my homeroom class decide who should win. The contest. Does that sound like reasonable? It. Absolutely. Sure. Okay, yeah. so it could be a short little video. It could be a picture. It could be just a description. Um, you can go on the Ed uh, on the Ed Gamer website. You could email me through there, um, or you could tweet it out. I think tweeting it out would be pretty cool. And just use the Ed Gamer, um, you know, account at Ed Gamer, and uh, see what we can come up with. And you know, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe by the end of next week, I can my class can decide who wins. So I'm gonna make sure I tweet this out. Tweet out yeah. Xbox. Yeah, you better write this down. Live contest. Yeah, I'll forget it. <laughs> but I have a funny feeling it since I'm saying it now, somebody's gonna, hey, are you gonna give us instructions on the Xbox Live contest? Um, Do so, you write it? On your arms, like sixth graders do. Uh, you know, I had one the other day. She had the most amazing design on her hand. I don't. It's like uh, you need to go wash that off. Okay. So, uh, does that sound? That sounds pretty good. I, I'm assuming that there are. I know there are students out there that might not have Xbox Live, but they have an Xbox. They might be needing that. Uh, there could be teachers out there that are using Xbox Live, uh, and you know, this would help them out and not having that cost. That, mm -hmm. that makes sense? That makes sense. Okay. So I think that's what we'll do there. So I guess we should I guess we should get to why we're here in the first place, Matt. Uh, so why the heck are you on my sh no. <laughs> show? What's, what's going on? Have you done – what have you done for us lately, Matt? What's, what's coming out here soon? Wait, what? <laughs> first, I've got to ask you as a fellow middle school teacher – Yes. I ask this of every middle school teacher. Yes. Do your kids say wait a lot? Wait? 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 Mine do. Well, I especially when I'm playing, when I'm saying I'm saving Minecraft and I'm going to shut down the server 
Wait, wait, no! Oh, no Give me a minute. <laughs> What's that? They start off sentences like this. Like, wait, oh. I gotta go to the bathroom. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Midwestern thing. It hasn't spread no. to the Midwest yet. All right, just checking. <laughs> they don't know how to use, mm. say, uh, may I and please and thank you. I have to remind them of that constantly, but not not wait. I haven't had the wait one yet. <laughs> okay. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming your way. <laughs> okay, so Matt, what what have? It looks like you've put together something that you might want to share out, and teachers might want to have. Yes. Yeah, so what I did was I wrote I wrote a book. I'll I'll explain the genesis of where I got to writing a book. I um, well I'm crazy because I decided to write a book in the middle of a doctoral program, right? But um, <laughs> what? Who would do that? So this is this is what happened. I've been uh, blogging for a little bit, and then I was uh, writing articles for um, Edutopia, and um, they were you know mainly in game-based space. And then uh, last fall of 2013, for one of our projects, uh, one of our professors, Dr. Laura Zeger, who's the head of the um, educational technology department, uh, was like a make-your-own project. You know, you do. You decide what you want to do. So I, I chose a uh, to submit a book, and then a, I uh, got the book submission accepted. So I, uh, of course, had to follow. Was that through a surprise? It sounded <laughs> <laughs> like it was a surprise. Like, it wasn't dang it, really they accepted it. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to do this now. Life tasks. I got to. Yeah. Research video games and board games. Oh my god. So um, <laughs> horrible. So I um, yeah so I followed through with it. I gave my, I gave myself a timeline that I would have everything done by the end of the of July, the main text written. And then I uh, I realized that when I would speak to an expert in the field, that um, well they were good for a, a certain amount of words really. You know, I I I play games. I uh, I have an educational technology background, but I'm not. I didn't want it to be my musings of the uh, game-based learning space, and I saw a lot of disconnected information. I saw a lot of um, awesome conversations in a very impassioned group of designers, developers, academics, communities, but no central location and literally no book. And then there were a couple of books starting to come out, but a lot of them were not, well, actually, I couldn't find any of them that were from a teaching point of view, from a teacher's perspective. Um, so I, I wanted to create some sort of common design grammar between everything and really to um, take down a lot of the hype of, of um, you know, oh my god, you know, if you gamify everything, it's going to work. I put gamify and game-based learning in the title because, you know, Amazon. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> it's more like a game-like um, experience. And, um, yeah, so I, I spoke, for me, it was great because I got to speak to like a dream team of people, and without their help, I wouldn't have had a book that really speaks to what is going on currently. And I ended every chapter with uh, hands-on um, resources, games, um, and not like the boring, you know, bibliography part, which is at the end. But you know, like this, you know, you go to Ed Gamer or go to um, Dice Tower you mentioned earlier, or um, Institute of Play, right? <laughs> and um, writing the book, I you know, I, I spoke to Richard Bartle, for instance, 
and I, you know, the, he wrote the uh, player type theory back in the 90s. And you know, I got to ask him firsthand, like, what does he think about like his mo his model almost being like, almost like being perverted to like to be used as a template for everything, you know? And uh, I got to speak to um, Asi Barak before I went to uh, Games for Change, the president of Games for Change, and um, you know, about play in the classroom. I had a lively debate about play-based learning, which um, included uh, Bernie DeCoven, who wrote the well-played game. He's quoted in a lot of the chapter openings and rules of play. Um, I spoke to Katie Salen, Henry Jenkins, um, people at Brain Pop, uh, people at uh, Cooney Center. What's that? You talked to Jim, right? Jim? Jim, Jim G? G? Yeah. Yes. I feel, Jim I feel G. confident saying Jim G because he said, don't call me James, <laughs> just call me Jim. And I'm like, okay, Jim. <laughs> okay. Did you tell him your title of your book? I did. What did he and, say? Did he say anything? No, uh, no, no. I explained. Well, I was kind of nervous, you know. I when when I put the gamify out there, I I spoke to a lot of people. I almost didn't want to like bash game gamification, right? You know, like right. it almost was like to my series editor, like you have it in your title. You're like, you know, you gotta kind of go with it a little bit. And I, um, you know, I I I see a place when it's part of a full integrated system. So my students will play. Socratic Smackdown, which is a quest to learn, institute of play, debate game, face-to-face. -face. There are points and leaderboards, um, which I guess is gamification, right? But it's part of the game. It's an extension of the game. Um, you know, some of my favorite games don't have any gamification at all in it, like uh, Monument Valley, the Apple's app of the year, game app of the year, has no fail state. There's no points. There's no badges. You know, you're rewarded by continuing to play. Yeah. There's no, there's no arrows and words on the screen that say, "Do this, go here." You know, it's it's so well designed. The reason and, why I'm asking because you know, like, I don't know, he was like our my sixth interview, my sixth show, and he goes, "I don't like the title of your show." <laughs> like, <laughs> Ed Gamer, I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? He's just like, well, it should be games and learning. And I go, well, that doesn't roll off the tongue very well for a show, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fit very well for a Twitter, you know, account. Yeah, that's enough for 140, Jim. Yeah, G and L. I don't know. So yeah, I didn't know if he was because he went on a little diatribe about, you know, well, it's not, it's not educational gaming. It's games and learning. Okay, Jim. <laughs> okay. Well, I did get him going on a couple of things, like definitions, and oh. plus he's you know he's a psycholinguist. Oh so yeah. I, I, so yeah, what I do is I look at. Yeah. This is my one of my favorite things to do is ask everybody the same question, right? So I um I have uh, Jay McGonigal's quote for what a game is, right? You got a goal, rules, a feedback system, and voluntary participation. So then how does that work in school? How do you in comp compulsory education? Force kids to have fun, you know. <laughs> so I, yeah. so then I started on one end of the spectrum. I asked Bernie DeCoven, who's like, you know, you can't. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work. You know, play is freedom. So and then I move on to I asked Richard Bartle, and Richard Bartle gave me, you know, almost like a Hunger Games type of example. You could play the Hunger Games, you could work the game, or you know. You could win the Hunger Games, or you could just, you know, be one of the cannons that gets blown up. You know? But but you understand as a middle school teacher that and I'm going to use I'm going to use broccoli. 
okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use broccoli here, saying that, you know, if, if you've not tried it, how do you know you don't like it? So it's one of those things as not a parent. Chocolate broccoli, actual I, I'm, broccoli. Just, I'm not even talking about chocolate. I'm just using broccoli or spinach or whatever, whatever food the kids don't want to eat. And it's it's like it, it, I want you to try it once. Okay. You know, so like with civilization, everybody yeah. plays civilization. The next time I offer it, not everybody has to play it. I, I don't. I'm oh. not going to force it. But I'm going to force it the first time because some of them don't even know that if they're going to like it or not. And uh, surprise. When they play Civilization, most of them like it. <laughs> so uh, it's, but at least I want them to try. So when when people talk about freedom, you know, sometimes they don't know what they like and don't like. I just want them to try at least once. Okay. Well, when I spoke to Jesse Shell, right, um, Shell Games and mm -hmm. Carnegie Mellon, right. So um, he wasn't against the idea either of of he he compared extrinsic motivation as like the trellis that's holding the vine up of what you're trying to learn. So, I mean, it's structured play is what it is. Um, I, I actually, my students, um, and uh, in the pre-show you were talking about, like, Steve Isaacs getting licenses for things, right? So one of the things I discovered is that really, the really, um, the newer educational game designers, the, the ones that are really working with communities, Play test a lot, and they play test often. It's my dog. Excuse you. Bless you. Oh. <laughs> and um, sorry. Hold on a second. You're fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> hey, Lucas. Hey. 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 So you, it's all good. But anyway, they, yeah. So they, they, okay. So they play test often, right? And um, my students will play test lots of games. We play tested Historia last year. We play tested um, SimCity before it was released, the uh, beta version, um, Mars Generation One before it came out. A lot of different games, and um, you know that spirit of being in a play test, of being a co-designer, really worked in the class. Mm -hmm. So I, I, my takeaway from all of the book was to use the mechanics in a game that work, not the gamification mechanics, but the actual actions in a game, and try to match it to a lesson. And keep asking feedback from the students. That's where the freedom is. So everything's a everything is a play test. Yeah. Does this feel more like work or like play? Yeah. Was it more fun? What What would you change? Uh, what was confusing? How would you describe this to somebody else? And the content second. Fun engagement first. Content second. Now, Lucas. Yes, sir. I'm gonna. Uh, you. I'm just letting you know. You can jump in at any time. That's okay. Okay. I'm, or both. You can both. Soaking it in. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, and it. I'm kind of making a connection since I have been reading, and I'm just gonna show it up again, uh, which I don't know why I have not been reading this. Um, you know, and I don't know how many times that I've, I've mentioned, that you know the perfect classroom. Uh, in the future is a is a holodeck, you know, and so now I'm reading Ready Player One. Now I've been saying that long before you know, Mr. Klein has been doing this. But Jerry James would always make fun of people that would use Second Life, and they would recreate um, uh, schools, yeah, right? Exactly. You, you go into a classroom. Yeah. Like, why would you want to create a school? But then I'm reading. 
you know, Ready Player One, and they go into a school, but then, you know, a teacher snaps uh-huh. her finger, and they're, you know, watching, you know, uh, they, they're transported to another place um, and involve themselves in interacting with the environment around them. And so when you talk about, I guess, that, that interactive and play, you know, we don't have that technology yet. I mean, we can dream about it, but we don't have that. So how do we, how do we get the kids involved and make them excited about learning and make them excited about the process. And I think you're, you're really, you're getting to that point, especially for me that, um, it's a learning process for me. Yeah. Every single class is different. I'm sure yours are too, Matt. And and Lucas, when you taught every single class is, is different. And so Mm. my, my goal for each class is going to be different. I guess what I'm getting at is that, I have offered up more and asked for suggestions more for my students probably this year than any other year that I've taught. And I've had them take me to different places that I didn't even know I could go to, especially when it came to games. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're talking about that play testing, which is great. But I think the next step is to, you know, the play testing is to involve some of the kids and get some of the ideas that they have. And I'm always surprised. Yeah, I get some crazy ideas from them, but then sometimes they're like, oh, my goodness, I, I, that's a great idea. Let's work on that. The problem is is, is testing, right? I mean, are you, Matt, I don't know what yours. I mean, we just, I just got a, a, a today park testing, and um, basically if the math teacher has to do all the testing, it's going to take nine days for her to do the testing. So kind of going around a tangent here. So, but it seems like what you're saying, and this is where we need to get to, hopefully I'm bringing it around, um, is that, and Jim talks about this a lot, it's the the foundations of how a game is put together, the structure of a game, Mm -hmm. and then transplanting that into the classroom, right? Right. And so is that something, I guess, because from what I was seeing, that's, those are some of the things that you're talking about in your book. Well, I, I think what works is to find the mechanics that support what you're trying to teach. So, for instance, uh, I, I just taught sixth graders about, usually we do this uh, lesson every year. It's a project about ancient America. When I started, the, some teachers were doing the trifold museum boards, and, you know, it worked well. Some students were free to do uh, Minecraft in a class, build, like, you know, Mayan ruins or, you know, functioning at that time. But what I was looking at were the mechanics of interconnection. I was playing a lot of um, board game Pandemic at the time, and um, Plague, which is a game uh, one of my students mentioned to me. And um, I decided to put it all together, to mix the units together. So what I did first was that I had the students make a uh, trading card game, and they would make the rules, play test the game with each other, um, and they could not make it a trading card game. It could be, it could be outside of the rubric. So that's how they got the content about Mesoamerica. And then I had them play SimCity for five days for all the missions. This way it was more contextualized than the actual playtest that we originally did. They were learning the, uh, they were mastering systems thinking, causal loops. And, you know, that really, le- le- um, I don't want to say leveled up, it sounds <laughs> hokey. But uh, the third part of the unit was the Columbian Exchange, When Worlds Collide. And I introduced it by showing the beginning of um, the uh, 
for the end credits of the uh, I think it's the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the first of the remakes, yeah. where the uh, pilot gets on the plane and they show all the interconnections as the uh, simian flu spreads. And then I, I set up stations in the room, so it's you know a multimodal project-based learning supported by games with the mechanic of interconnection. So some students play Save the People, Asian Circles Actor, which is uh, Mary Flanagan's studio. Um, uh, four students, because you can only have four, play Pandemic. And what's great about Pandemic is you have that common goal to solve. Everybody wins and loses together. Everybody gets their own um, role, so they all have their own specific power-up, which is like empowering. Um, Matt Leacock, when I asked him about that, the designer, he said, my goal, well, first he said, he quoted Steve Jackson, you know, from um, mm -hmm. Zombie Dice and um, Munchkin, and he said, <laughs> yes. every, game is, every game is a role-playing game. And, my, and then he said, I want to turn everyone into a superhero, which is great. I mean, it's really empowering to have my students play together to a common goal to win or not win. And then they, um, you know, the assessment is not on how they play, but, you know, why they made the decisions, why the interconnections. They wrote field journal notes from the point of view, like they pretend that they're the quarantine expert and why did this work, you know. But when, um, you're, when you're putting these together and mm -hmm. you're lesson playing, I mean, it, it, was this, first of all, I don't, I, I can't imagine you, you know, before, like in the summer, in the summer you didn't put all that together for that, that year, did you? No, you, well... Well, when you write a uh, book and you're in doctoral classes and you're teaching the stuff, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, so I mean, you're 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 kind of changing it as you're going and and, and adjusting it and, and making it fit to what you're doing. The I'm, make, I'm making it fit based on feedback from students. Yeah. What was fun to do? What wasn't fun to do? Like there was a project we used to do where there was a skit for some groups. Some would make a, a colonial era newspaper, and the skit's fun because role playing is a fun game mechanic to do. Making a newspaper from a time period is not really a fun mechanic to do. It used to be when, <laughs> <laughs> when that's the ooh, this is big technology. Um, but Look, can go I ahead, ask Lucas? This? Yeah. So, so what I'm what I'm hearing is a real emphasis on fun and and the students' mm -hmm. perception of fun and that. Do you think that's one? Is that one of your driving kind of goals? Is 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 if and do you equate their perception of fun in the experience to the effectiveness of the learning? Well, you don't have to be having fun to be in that state of flow. You know, I mean, I wasn't having fun writing my book, per se. I'd rather be playing on <laughs> Xbox, right? But, right. you know, I'm in that, I'm in that zone. Um, but, yeah, I think so. I, 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 first of all, I framed the whole year in game design, game theory. We watched the Brain Pop video on game theory. We talk about the prisoner's dilemma and why people make decisions and how games are, you know, a microcosm for everything. There's, the students have the uh, game literacy first, so we can have that conversation about what was fun and interesting to you, what wasn't fun and interesting to you. And I, I am very upfront with the students. You, you wouldn't have a movie or a book. You know, we use, we use you, students would read Wonder in a class or The Hunger Games or, um, you know, The Giver that you read in, in my school, those books, Call of the Wild was not written to teach literary devices, right? So entertainment has to come first. Even at some level, even the most, 
you know, serious drama that's like Oscar-worthy drama has to have entertainment first. Otherwise, it's a completely boring film. So why would you do that with a lesson? Yeah. Yes. And that's no, actually good. kind of I, I with a class, not with other teachers, per se. No, but you, and I'm, here's the thing. I don't think your focus in your class is on the minutiae you know, we have a pacing guide, and we have all these little, you know, descriptors of you need the kids need to know this, they need to know this, they need to know this. You're not focused on that. You 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 have a more global and big picture. Um, well, to, to well, it's a flipped model. So I mean, to to succeed in the class, you need to keep up with the content. Um, so you know, I'll assign a series of uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen the uh, crash course. Crash Course World History, yeah. Khan Academy with John Green. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all the brain pop videos, and you know, you have your standard amount of rigor. There are other stations in the project, like uh, PBS Multimedia, which uh, ends in a, um, a three-paragraph writing prompt. Um, there's uh, Stanford uh, Reading Like a Historian is a station where you get two documents to compare and contrast, and you know, you're taking a side. And arguing it out, which is a nice game mechanic as well. It doesn't have to be a game either. Um, not everything needs to be a game, um, but it all kind of interrelates. It's like you're parsing out in stations, and logistically it's either easier. I don't have to buy like five versions of board game, right? right. Um, you know, you could teach about it doesn't, and I don't even know that the content of the game needs to be upfront. There's a lot to be learned by playing. Um, yeah. Take it to ride. The obvious is that you're playing on the map of the United States, but the less obvious is the competition for limited resources and interconnections. So, if you're teaching the content out of the class or maybe at another station, then the teacher's job then is to contextualize, you know, make those connections and. Facilitate. But your focus is not on. The, it's not totally rigor. And I, I think a lot of teachers feel that they are forced to be always in rigor. You know what I'm saying? Is that mm -hmm. you know I have to have they have to know this content. They have to. But I think we as educators in understanding the fun part is that you know you can envelop that rigor within fun. You know, fun can lead you to yes. that rigor. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I've assigned um, the. Um, reading like a story in papers as homework with seventh grade and the, the following day they know that they're going to debate it on Socratic Smackdown and they'll read it competitively and then I'll give them some time together to uh, talk to their teammates and you send somebody in like as tribute to compete for your team but everybody plays as a team it's all cooperative and collaborative um, the game itself it's also a strong emphasis in the culture of failing fast you know Letting the class know that they're not being graded on their gameplay, that you know, have a strict policy that the points that are on a whiteboard leaderboard don't count for anything at all, uh, just for fun. That um, brain pop quizzes don't count at all. I've noticed that I check the brain pop quizzes, right? So then I'll ask students, how many times did you retake it? And a lot of hands will go up. They'll retake it until they get a better score, right? Like a game. And then I'll say, how many of you watch other videos just for other classes? And uh, because it's right now I have a class subscription. It's not a school-wide. And all the hands go up. In sixth grade, they all go up. They binge watch. Like I watch, you know, 
Doctor Who on Netflix. They'll go through and watch those videos, and I sure, think you would stifle that if you start introducing grading all the time. I think yeah. um, you know you still have the same um, summative assessments, but yeah, you don't want to get caught up in the assessment is the activity in a game, and I can assess that and my formative grade. No, no, no. Formative can be it can be fun or just not. There's no pressure. I mean, it's, you know, it, you have that formative. That's what I use the brain pop for is, is definite formative. You know, let's, I want to see where they're at. Um, another example is that this week we finished up our, uh, our Egypt unit and building an Egyptian village along the, the Nile River. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I asked, I, my goal was I want them to make an authentic Egyptian village. So they start building homes and everything. I was like, uh, what, where is the economic area of this village and they're, they're just like we need to build a market a bazaar we gotta build a bazaar <laughs> so then they start getting into it and then it's just like okay how does it look I go well what shops what are the different crafts that you have within this market they start listening and then somebody's like but we don't have somebody making armor we don't have you know a potter we don't have so they start and then they start researching it and then they had a baker and this girl's just like can I can I make a cake because you know you can make cakes in Minecraft and so um, you know so it's so she's doing I was like I don't know if they have cakes that doesn't sound right look it up so then they look it up well yeah they made cakes and they put dates in it you know and, and the joke is you know not dates that you go on like Mr. Gover says the dates that you eat you know the okay so uh, so it's so they're researching all this stuff, and it's built into the it, it's built into the fun because they mm -hmm. want to do that. And I think when teachers can really find lessons that integrate the fun to where the kids are that intrinsic motivation to do and find that rigor, you know the things that they really need to know, then you've hit your sweet spot. And it sounds like you've done a, a really good job of doing that. And it sounds like this book is is a, a, a nice gateway to getting some of that information and seeing some of the, um, uh, I guess, examples of how to do that. Yeah, that's, that was my goal, to make it a, a field guide. I was inspired by um, Susie Boss's book. Um, she wrote a field guide about... Um, project-based learning and technology a few years ago, and um, I was happy she endorsed the book. I was also happy when uh, Lee Sheldon endorsed my book also. He was the keynote at Games and Education last year. That's the really nerve-wracking part, you know. I, when you're the teacher writing about, it's like, you know, a game designer writing about the teaching profession. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. And, and that's what you were talking about before. There's not a lot of books out there from, a teacher. They're mainly from you know, uh, the higher level at uh, the academia field, and so it's nice to to see this because, yeah, you're you're not to say I love my higher ed folks, but you know, it's you've been there, you've done that, you're still doing that, right? I don't know how mm -hmm. you're doing a doctoral and writing a book and teaching. I, that's just, yeah, that, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having a tough enough time grading my uh, Egypt test. <laughs> so, Lucas, uh, is Matt, is there anything else, or Lucas, anything else you want to share? No, I'm just impressed. This, this has been a great conversation. It's been really great to see your insights and, uh, and your approach, and I'll be looking for the book, definitely. Thanks. Thank you very much. It's, it's yeah. out there. Um, is it live yet? 
Uh, I, I also recommend um, board games. Uh, it's live. It's out there. Fun fact: okay. uh, I don't have a copy. <laughs> Amazon is <laughs> Amazon is so good that the teacher across the hall from me ordered the book, and she has a copy. <laughs> but my that, publisher said that they come from different places, and that is hilarious. Amazon's that great, yeah. right? That is funny. So Crazy. what were you saying? Board games? Oh, so board games and uh, the whole social mechanics when they're in the classroom. Uh, that's just that's yes. just been a boon. Um, you know that that's especially the the Euro style board games. Um, and of course, it's led me to uh, me and my wife to buy a whole bunch robot turtles for a four year old. Uh, you know, we got Ticket to Ride, um, Hanabi. Um, here's another example. We're going to teach the um, Revolutionary War and steps to the Revolutionary War in seventh grade. And you know, the Resistance is a great card game, card based game to teach about why that happens. You know? um, I am writing that one down. And yes, there is a good tabletop with Will Wheaton on that. Oh. Yeah. The problem with some games, though, is you need more than two players. So, you know, like I can't get my son at four to be the third in Settlers of Catan. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. My, my, my kids are um, just getting to that age where where they're able to, to start engaging that. So my daughter is really hooked on Ticket to Ride right mm -hmm. now. He's loving that. Now, we don't have the board game version. We're playing on the iPad, which is kind of nice because there's no pieces to clean up afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, Small World and things like that, she's she's getting into it. Uh, Small so World 2 is, it, you know what, I'm almost to the point where I'd almost rather play it on the iPad because the rules and all the pieces, and you're like, can I move there? Can I do this? And I always mess up the rules when I'm, we're playing the board game. But yeah, Matt, the board games, you know, I've been running a it's game. It's okay to mess now. up the rules. Enough. Yeah, as long as we all mess them up together. Right. And we agree that, okay, <laughs> yes, that's what we should do. The sorcerer can attack where? <laughs> what can he do? Okay, so, uh, uh, but, the, you know, I've been running a board game, after school game club. And it's just been awesome, and it's just it's so much fun, um, and we're getting more and more kids that are playing the board games, mm -hmm. and uh, which is it, which is a blast. So, so yeah, keep it down over there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, it is uh, nine thirteen. Uh, it's ten thirteen for both of you boys, and I'm getting tired. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. And I'm going to read Thank my you. little blurb here. Thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Before I say have a great week, Xbox contest, I'm going to put that out there on Twitter. Um, and then I will have the links because this will go – it will post on Saturday. Um, and then I'll have the links for Amazon and all the other places that you can get the, this awesome book by Matt. Thank you. Have a great week. Thank you Take so care. much for having me on.